On today's Locked On Texans podcast, we continue with secondary talk. Should the Houston Texans prioritize safety over corner? And we are joined by Cody Johnson of the lead show on YouTube to discuss Jalen Petrie may be best suited for the slot cornerback role for Houston. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 Texans fans mm. across the nation, across the state of Texas, and especially here in the city of Houston, to this Friday episode. It's Friday. We made it to another week, and we don't got to worry about who's going to be the quarterback of the future. No. Now, that's a, now that's a, a head coach. Go ahead, coach. Happy Black History Month, everybody. Uh, if this is your first time watching or listening to Locked on Texans podcast, thank you for stopping by. We really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked on Texans podcast on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. And thank you to all of our returning listeners coming back as Cody and I continue to talk Texans here on this Friday. I'm your Texans football analyst, John, some sports guy, Hickman. And I know his background is a little bit different now. <laughs> I'm testing out something. I'm testing out something. Y'all let me know if y'all like this. He's Make sure y'all feel he t- feel the <laughs> test. But Sports Illustrated Zone, Texas Credential Media member on the other side of the screen, Cody Davis. Today we are diving back into the YouTube comments. We got time to really talk to you guys more frequently. We were uh, kind of missing weeks there. But we got Cody Johnson on. You guys may know him from, quote-unquote, Texans Twitter. He also uh, helps out on a show called The Lead on YouTube. He'll be discussing his thread, his theory, that it is Jalen Petrie best suited for the slot cornerback role for Houston moving forward. So I think that's going to be a fun conversation. We open up today's show looking at how the Houston Texans may decide to prioritize the safety position over the cornerback position. But today's mm-hmm. show... Is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Cody, prioritizing the safety position over corner. Is that what the Houston Texans should be doing right now? Should the scouting department be across mm. the nation looking at every top safety coming out in this year's draft um as i mentioned on yesterday's show this is a very interesting topic because john you were if not the originator one of the first people to put out there man i think the houston texans should go out and draft a corner with the number 23 overall pick which is as of right now the houston texans top overall selection in the 2024 nfl draft and i saw a couple people agree with you and for me personally i look at it from a standpoint as i mentioned on yesterday's show before the texans used their top overall selection on a defensive back it definitely would come down to how free agency works out, especially who you are able to retain in terms of John Gennaro, when you talk about um, keeping him paired up with um, Will Anderson Jr. as your edge rushers, or what you're going to do in your interior. Will you have an opportunity to bring guys like Sheldon Rankins back? But for the sake of this argument, let's say they do. Then I could definitely see the Texans 
utilizing their top overall selection for a defensive back. However, John, I just feel like it will be it will make more sense for the Texans to prioritize safety over corner because look, Steven Nelson had a pretty solid season. You bring him back, you have Darius Stingley Jr. If healthy, forget Texans number one corner. You're looking at a situation where he might be the number one corner in 2024. But when I take a look at this, this defense on all three levels, man, I just go back to the to 2023 season where I'm looking at it from a standpoint, the safety unit was by far the most underwhelming position group, probably of this entire team, even more so than, than the, than the um, backfield on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. I understand they had their issues, but at least Devin Singletary gave you something to work with. There was multiple times when you take a look at some of the mishaps that went on on the defensive side of the ball, um, it came with that safety unit. When you take a look at the decline that we saw from Jalen Petrie, when you take a look at the fact that you had Jimmy Ward, who, who wasn't out there majority of the time, when you take a look at the fact that at the start of the season, you was relying upon Eric Murray and MJ Stewart before they went down with their respective season-ending injuries. I, I just look at it from a standpoint, if they do go defensive back, it will make more sense, at least to me, why you should prioritize safety over corner. Because like I just mentioned, with Darius Stingley Jr. at the helm, at least you know you have a cornerstone there. When you take a look at this safety group, and I hate to say this, knowing how much I'm still a fan of Jalen Petrie, but as of right now, off of the results of 2023, they do not have a cornerstone or at least a solid foundation in that position group. Yeah, the safety position for Houston, I, I mean, Cody, you hit it right on, on the head. They were constantly uh, being beat deep, right? Uh, deep coverage for Houston was something that this defense struggled with. They were one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL. They allowed a ton of big plays. I mean, we, we can go back to the Amari Cooper game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go back to some of the big plays that the Jags were able to make, some of the big plays. Our coach was able to make some of the big plays that Baker was able to make, the big play that Kyler was able to make, right? The big play that uh, – almost a big play. Thankfully, Derek Stingley is a, a god out there on the field um, against the Broncos. They were constantly being abused and were one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL. And when you look at when the linebacker group started to come along, uh, specifically Christian Harris, that linebacker group stepped up. The front four started to cause more pressure, right? At the beginning of the year, they had a lot of pressure. Those are advanced stats. They wouldn't mm-hmm. put no sacks behind it. They ended the year off with a franchise record of, uh, I think it was 46 sacks this year, franchise yeah. record. You saw Christian Harris. He stepped his game up tremendously. So throughout the year, you saw the first two phases of that defense just get better. Throughout the year, and I'm gonna say this: I might catch some some flack for it, but when 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 John Stewart, uh, uh, not John Stewart, uh, MJ Stewart, and Eric Murray went down, you saw that safety defense, the safety uh, unit decline, and I mean decline rapidly. They were never able. And I to agree. Get, uh, they were never able to get uh, three games in a row out of Jimmy Ward. His injury problems really hampered that defense. And I think, in fairness to Jalen Petra, who we'll talk about with Cody Johnson, this was his second year in the NFL, and this is also his second 
defense with a new coach, a new DC, right? And I think there was a, a learning curve there, there was a transition in there, but he just also too many times just looked confused and lost out there on the field in terms of being deep. Now, when he was around the line of scrimmage, he looked like the 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 additional linebacker that you want to have down there to be able to maybe take care of some of the curl flats or just shoot, be like a bat out of hell and, and go, you know, get some run stuffs, excuse me. But he struggled deep. And I think a lot of that had to do with never having a consistent running mate. Your running mate is injured, but then also just having inefficiencies of your own. So when you ask me, should the Houston Texans prioritize safety over corner? I want to say yes. Do I think it comes in a draft with the number 23 overall pick? No, I don't think there's a safety worth worth mm-hmm. a number 23 overall pick. But I like Xavier McKinney from New York. I like Antoine Whitfield. I know he may cost a lot of money. He's going to be the best safety on the market. But I don't want people to get caught up. I was talking to John Crumple about this. I don't want people to get caught up in trying to save money. And at some point, you're going to have to use that money to land a big guy. I think T. Higgins may get franchise tag, but I also believe in Nico Collins. If you sign Nico Collins to an extension, that won't kick in until 2025. So you mm-hmm. still got your money set for this year, right? You may look at Mike Evans. But I'm I'm not sure about Mike Evans if he's commanding more than $20 million. I think that's too much. Why not Winfield? Why not make him your big free agent signing? And I also like uh, the safety from the Rams, Jordan Fuller, uh, who considering the safety market right now, I think outside of Winfield, Fuller might be projected to command around uh, $9 million for two years. And he's been productive for the Rams. And so there's some guys out there. There's guys out there. But I do think that when you look at the cornerback room for the free agency this year compared to the safety room, and when you look at the needs of this team, absolutely. They they, they got to they bring in a safety. They, they won't be able to survive and get better or, or become the defense that they want to be if they constantly get beat deep. So with the wife and I having a baby here who just turned three months, safety is a priority of ours. And my wife had a little bit, you know, the car she had, I can kind of pick it up and throw it over my back, a small car. And that's not what we want for our baby girl. Got to be safe. And so we called up my father-in-law, gave us a, a number and name of a guy that works at Nissan Baker, reached out to him, set up an appointment, went out there and got us in the ride that day. Not only is that Nissan safe, but to be honest with you, you can kind of push it a little bit too, man. Like if you're if you're one of those drivers that kind of likes to push things to go a little bit further, or if you ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner, listen, our friends got a friend now at Nissan has lined up SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level while also being safe. The 2022, the 2024 Nissan Rogue. It's perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class exclusive. Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-side crossover for your next adventure. They got the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen, so, you know, you don't got to do a lot of the knobs, play. They got the touchscreen for you. The 2024 Nissan Pathfinder 
has room for up to eight people. It's an expansive cargo capacity and advanced available 4x4 capability type of SUV with over 280 horsepower, up to 6,000 pounds towing. When adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue or the Pathfinder or the Amato. It's a beautiful car, by the way. And go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. Welcome back in. Locked on Texans fans, listeners, and viewers out there. So the other day, scrolling on Twitter like we do. We're always on social media. We always have our phones. And I see this amazing thread. So I, I had to reach out to my man, Cody Johnson, who you guys see right here. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at FB underscore Lone Star. He's also uh, he's done some work with the lead on YouTube. But Cody Johnson, welcome to the Locked on Texans podcast. Our listeners are super excited to talk about Jalen Petrie. And is it better for Petrie and for the Houston Texans to kind of minimize his deep coverage bring him up to the line of scrimmage, and make him the Houston Texans' next featured slot cornerback. Is that a better scenario? Can you break down your thread and explain it to our listeners in the best way that you can? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, Yeah, I believe that is the best course of action for Petrie. And I'm going to go back here a little bit and kind of just preface this uh, back to his college days, right? Um, So I'm a Baylor fan. I actually became a Baylor fan because my cousin was recruited there and started for them for four and a half years back since 2018. So I have a lot of, uh, or I watched Baylor a lot. I watched Petrie a lot in that time for, uh, time frame, right? The common misconception with him coming out of Baylor was that he was a safety. Um, he played less than 20 deep snaps at Baylor. Uh, mo- he played over 150 deep snaps on the defensive line. So he was that star cornerback, slot cornerback role under Dave Aranda. Um, and in the first three years under Matt Rule, he was actually listed as a linebacker. So getting into what I saw uh, from that Jalen Petrie in college and what I think we can do with him with the Texans now, I think it makes perfect sense, right? So my the, the big thing is going to be the deep coverage, right? Obviously, it wasn't good this year. It wasn't great last year. Um, but he had five interceptions. You can live year. with it. You can live with it sometimes when you make those yes, interceptions. Exactly. Exactly. If you're making plays on the ball, you can live with giving it up. When you're not making plays on the ball, you're just a liability at that point, right? So I think the first question people are gonna ask is why not just simply move him into the box, right? Have him be the box safety. Um, the problem with that, especially in D'Amico Ryan's scheme, is that he demands versatility. Um, none of the safeties uh, Petrie, Ward, uh, Amos, or DeAndre Houston Carter played over 25% of their snaps in the box. They were playing deep in the slot, in the box, all over the place, right? So if you're going to be a safety in the scheme, there is no strictly box guy. You just you have to play on the back end too. So that's why I prefer the slot role, especially with the coverages that D'Amico Ryan's runs, right? He runs a lot of cover, or I'm sorry, he ran a lot of cover four last year, which was off. It was different from when he was in San Francisco, which was a lot of cover three. Regardless, they ran a lot of zone, right? So the coverage for those those schemes is a lot of curl flat zones, a lot of uh, out on the sideline, underneath. Not really a lot of man to man running along, uh, 
following slot wide receivers across the field, right? So simple, simple coverage concepts. Um, sorry about that. Um, simple coverage concepts that I think he can do, and that's what he did at Baylor as well, the uh, curl flat zone. That's what he, he – breaking on the ball, making plays uh, down downhill, not in the deep half. So that's the, the, the coverage concerns for me there. I, I'm not really worried about it because that's what he excelled at at Baylor. Um, as far as, like, the tackling issues, he's an aggressive player, right? Uh, all – he's going to miss tackles. He did it at Baylor. He, he missed tackles, right? He just – the way he comes – last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he, he's he's gonna miss tackles. Um, he just the way he comes in is over aggressive sometimes, but he also makes plays in the backfield, or at least at Baylor, right? Uh, he his depth of tackle at Baylor was 0.8 yards, so less than a yard. He was living in the backfield, right? And he had 34 specific run stops just in 2021 at Baylor. So getting him closer to the line of scrimmage and allowing him to make plays in the backfield, blitzing, uh, playing the run, uh, et cetera, et cetera, is what I think will uh, help him excel to become that player that we thought he could be coming out of Baylor. Does that make sense? Yeah. Hey, Cody, um, part of the reason why we're having this conversation about, you know, the possibility whether or not the Texans and Coach D'Amico Ryan should consider um, kind of changing it up with Jalen Petrie is simply due to the fact that year two was a disappointment. Um, how would you best summarize Jalen Petrie's season? Like Disappointing, like you said, right? It, it, I always struggled with uh just again watching him at Baylor I've always struggled with the thought process of he's a free safety and he's gonna be covering on the deep end I just never saw mm-hmm. that from him and we saw this year the, the struggles in it right and you know was he part of the reason why D'Amico Ryans had to switch from that cover three mold to a cover four because he was struggling so much on the back end and you needed more guys deep I, I don't necessarily know maybe that's just what they wanted to do but it, it, disappointing it, it, it's just the easiest way to put it um you know, again, I, I, I'm going to keep referencing Baylor. So sorry, I, again, he's been in the league for two years, so this is kind of <laughs> kind of rough going back this far. But Dave Aranda, right? I, he's one of the better defensive minds in college football, and yet he decided not to put Petrie back there, right? He put him closer to the line of scrimmage to better utilize his skill set. I don't think Dave Aranda is like dumb or anything, right? I thought if he thought he could do it, he would put him back there. Now they didn't, and then it switched it up coming in the league and then Levy did it last year and then D'Amico did it this year. And we're just kind of seeing what I thought we would see from him at the safety position, just struggling. The instincts aren't there Um, going and coming up field when you got, you know, Steven Nelson getting beat deep against Amari Cooper, just stuff like that. Right. So disappointing is definitely the way to put it. We've had, we've seen Jalen Petrie be successful in this league. I mean, his rookie year, uh, let the league, in, I mean, let the team, excuse me, in tackles. Although, be it that's because a lot of those were, you know, the running backs were able to rush for 170 per game. So he was the last line of defense. But the five interceptions, the turnovers last year, we've seen him be successful. And when we look at going from one scheme, cover two, Tampa two defense under Lovey Smith, going to a totally different, different one in year two, when you're still trying to learn the NFL. I mean, that can be pretty difficult. Right. At some point, 
he's going to have to drop back in coverage, whether he's at slot, whether he's at the safety position. At some point, you're going to drop back in cover. What are some of the things that, you know, being deep is not his, you know, what he's really good at. But what are some of the things in terms of coverage? Can we at least say, hey, fans, even with his disappointing year, this is what we can be excited for or look forward to for next season because he's shown for at least a couple of years maybe that he can make plays when he is in this situation or this role in terms of covering. Right. So I'm going to talk about it specifically as going, if he's going to the slot, say they make that move and we're going to talk about his coverage right there. So I, I kind of referenced it earlier, but the, the curl flat zone, right. Dropping into the, the curl, sitting on a curl and then uh, breaking downfield to, to the flat uh, running back coming out of the flat, et cetera. We've seen Petrie's aggressiveness coming downhill, hitting Tyreek Hill, hitting, uh, I think it was Michael Pittman for the Colts, right? Just coming downhill and, and laying the wood on those guys. If you can have him do that in the curl flat and your cover three or your cover four or whatever, um, I think that's the biggest benefit, right? So guys coming downhill and making uh, the stop on third down in the flat, right? Um, stuff like that. I think just breaking on the ball where he doesn't have to break from deep. Right. So, again, like coming back from the Baylor stuff, he, he didn't have a lot of experience breaking down from deep. So I think that's a lot to do with his tackling issues in the NFL. He didn't have experience doing that. He was always at the it line of scrimmage. Bad angles trying to do so. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So getting him closer um, where he doesn't have to come from 15 yards deep and try to make an open field tackle. I think that's a, a big plus as well. Before we got to hear my last question for you is. Can Jalen Petrie be successful in the role we've seen Desmond King be successful for Houston? I believe so. Um, so like I mentioned earlier, man, th this role specifically, the way we D'Amico uses his slot fits perfectly for Jalen Petrie. If we ran a bunch of man coverage, I probably wouldn't have made that post yesterday or the other day. But because we run so much zone and it's just simple curl flat zone drops, it's you know, a wheel route every now and then. It's not anything crazy. I think he can really excel in that role. It's, that's just speaking on the coverage, right? You know, um, blitzing from the slot, moving over when you're not covering a slot receiver and playing in the box. And then uh, I had one one post or one uh, section on that post talking about his tackling in the box. I don't know if you saw it, John, but he just looks more confident tackling. In the Very box. much so. Yeah, this, he's tackling. In, in, in fairness, you know, playing deep, you're the last line of exactly. defense. And so if you look around, there's not much around you when you're when you're playing deep. It's nothing but grass. Exactly. In that box, you have other guys there. And so you can kind of count on them a little bit more. And a lot that allows you to play a little bit more reckless, I think, for, for Petrie, especially with how aggressive he plays. And sometimes he's just a shot out of a cannon. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I would 100 percent agree with you with that one. I was going to mention that, but yes, he, he is very more very much more comfortable around the line of scrimmage in terms of tackling. Right, right. So, but yeah, getting back. And then I think he just adds another uh, level of versatility if you move him into that slot role, right? So you, you, your question was if he if he can succeed. I think very much so. I know people are going to be skeptical on that. I got a bunch of comments that he's not going to be able to do this, do that, whatever. I think getting him closer to the line of scrimmage, letting him blitz, letting him play the run, you know, he's physical. I, I played one clip where he just lit up an offensive tackle he's losing about a hundred pounds there. Right. So yeah. um, I, I just think we'll see a different player. Actually. I think we'll see the player we expected Petrie to be coming out of Baylor. If that is the move made. 
And I would Cody, like to really say quick. This. Um, Go ahead. I was just gonna say, um, Cody, really quick. You know, let's say for the sake of this argument, Coach D'Amico Ryan's does experiment with this role and at the start of the 2024 season um petrie is now your slot corner um that's gonna leave a vacancy mm-hmm. at safety mm-hmm. who do you have like any type of prospects like yeah. either in the draft or in free agency you would like to see the houston texans kind of replace because look as i that's mentioned it. It, it. it's it's going to leave a big vacancy <laughs> for sure for which sure. By, think, by the way i think houston has a, they you got to feel jimmy ward's role and i think you still have to feel mm-hmm. Jalen petrie role back there they got to get better at being able to cover deep right. so without without the slot role or not that's a priority for houston for sure mm-hmm. for sure and you know um i think the reason they didn't like make this move uh the reason they brought in King this last year and didn't like just move Petrie down the slot because of what you said, we didn't have the safety depth. We didn't have guys that could cover back there. Right. So for, if they are going to make this move, they are going into free agency and the draft with the priority to get at least one guy back there. Right. Mm-hmm. At least that's in my opinion. Right. So for me, um, I'm actually releasing a post tomorrow about Xavier McKinney. Um, hey. I, I think that is a perfect fit. He is versatile. He played all over the field for the New York giants. Um, but he can also play an actual free safety role. He was in single high a lot, and he had he showed the range to be able to help these outside guys from the middle of the field, right? So that's one guy in free agency I really like, and I don't think he's going to be ex- expensive as you know um, the the guy from Tampa, a uh, Tampa Winfield, right? Winfield is going to be way more expensive than McKinney, in my opinion, at least, right? And I'll say in the draft, um, I do like. Cameron Kinchins out of Miami. Miami yeah. Um, he's he's got some first round hype right now. I'm not I don't quite see that. I think he'll be day two for sure. Um, but he's a guy that's a ball hawk. In 2022 at Miami, he had six interceptions solely from the single high roll. He was in single high when he got all the interceptions. So ball hawking, oh. um, he can come downhill and do all that stuff. But I think this last year we kind of saw he was uh hunting for interceptions and that put him in some some situations where he got beat and it looked pretty bad right so then you can get him to calm down if, if he was be brought in here right if we were to draft him and get him to calm down and actually play the free safety role and not just hunting for interceptions he's a guy he's a guy i like in the draft and to your point with uh to go back to Jalen petrie uh playing down like nickel now is essentially kind of the base defense for everybody in the nfl so like that's how they're getting a little bit of advantage of being able to cover some of these offenses. It used to be uh, three linebackers, mm-hmm. right? But now you have two and you have your corner who is serving as the inside corner, your nickel corner down in the box or whatever, however you want to classify it. With the emergence of Christian Harris, with him being able to drop back and cover, and he's getting better at that, and I still think Houston needs to um, invest in that linebacker group as, gr- as great as Blake Cashman were last year. Uh, Petrie can succeed i think he can succeed down there because to your point at one point at baylor he was listed as a linebacker yeah and if you you you, you get him in the role where he's much more comfortable don't count out what D'Amico ryan's can do for him as a player in terms of being able to develop that young man cody johnson of the lead he's been on the lead youtube show so make sure you check out the lead on youtube make sure you follow him on twitter slash x at FB underscore Lone Star. Again, Cody Johnson, I really appreciate you stopping by, man. Any other 
I guess, draft tidbits or free agent tidbits you'd like to give before you move on? Uh, no, man, not right now. I know I'm coming out with some posts uh, to mock drafts, and uh, Xavier McKinney will be my last free agent target. I've listed four already. Justin Matabuike out of Baltimore, Curtis Samuel out of Washington, um, uh, Barkley out of New York, New York. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, uh, Akella Witherspoon out of uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Kind of a journeyman corner, but he actually has some some. Uh, previous work with D'Amico because he was with in San Francisco that same time period. But those are some guys I like in free agency, but yeah, man, I appreciate y'all having me on. This was a really fun talk, but uh, yeah, man. At the start of the year, every small business owner is asking themselves, what's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level this year? LinkedIn jobs, knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and most of all, most importantly, for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates, so easy that, in fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process of hiring, because we know sometimes small business owners don't always have the time to do so, but the process with LinkedIn is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there. Before we close out today's show, we are going to take a trip to the YouTube comments. Mm. Cody, should, on the podcast where we talked about should the Houston Texans use their top overall draft selection on ADB. This mm-hmm. was a very nice comment um, right here. So there's no name on this, but the comment is, I can see us going DB with our first rounder. Our secondary is a glaring weakness. We have a couple of DBs hitting free agency, Steven Nelson, Tavier Thomas, Desmond King, et cetera. I think a lot of people are going to start really understanding how important it is for Houston to add to their DB room. And I am an advocate of trying to bring back Steven Nelson. I think he played good for Houston. But I think that in order for this team to really grow, certain guys are going to start having to get snap counts, you know, a restriction or just different roles that you trust them in. At the end of that year, we were starting to see Steven Nelson kind of get beat deep a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. So remember, he did have that foot injury. That he, he did have playing. a foot injury. No, he, he credit to he, and he fought through it. By the way, mm-hmm. but I do think his age started to show a little bit. I will take away that first Cleveland Browns game because I think that's when that foot injury was really uh, yeah, hampering him. Happened, I believe because um, it was a play against Amari Cooper. I was like, Stephen Nelson has never looked this bad. But I do think that when you look at who's leaving, there's room to make up and, and upgrade when you look at who can come in, who can come back. And I think upgrading the DB room is important, starting by 
at number 23 overall pick. I don't think my mind is going to change on that. I think the cornerback, a top corner should be coming to Houston with the number 23 overall pick. Uh, we need it. This is from Javon Richardson, 27. We need a wide receiver, period. Nico, cool, but not really consistent enough. Well, I think he had a quarterback last year to be consistent enough. And, Oh, almost had 1300 yards and, and and it was a you know pretty dominant factor for this offense. But Javon, I agree though. Houston, yeah, 100, I mean, yeah, 90 a couple times, I think. Yeah, 191. Then he doubled back on the most important game game of the season with a buck 93 or 95. I want to say, yeah, I don't, I, 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 I think people are still having a hard time seeing Nico be this good because of his first two years in the league not understanding the situation that he was in and who he was placed with getting the ball. So uh, as great as Antonio Brown is, I don't know if we would see the numbers, the MVP, Hall of Fame, MVP, but the Hall of Fame numbers from AB if Davis Mills was his quarterback the first two years of his season, of his career. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I do think Houston desperately needs to invest into the wide receiver room, no doubt about it. But how Roman much, Wilson though? right now is, is – uh, by draft, by, by free agency and by draft. Job. I've seen Curtis Samuel to Houston. Fans may not know how good Curtis Samuel is from from Washington. He's a baller. Mm-hmm. He's he's a baller. Uh, Roman Wilson from uh, Michigan, who was killing it at the Senior Bowl this week. Uh, I believe that he met with Houston. I'm not 100% sure, but he's a guy that can you know, really make sense for Houston. I think he does a very good job of getting open you know, in terms of separation and his release at the line of scrimmage. So he's a guy I will I will look for maybe in the later rounds, but no doubt about it. We should see at least three new wide receivers here in Houston. Yeah, I, see, I look, let me start off by saying this. I agree that the Texans should improve their wide receiving unit, but I think I I I'm just having a hard time trying to determine when and where because if you take a look at free agency you know there are several guys that could come in and really help this team however like we said with mike mike evans on yesterday only at the right price and i kind of feel that way for t higgin as as well and then you take a look at the draft it's like well you can go out and draft even Adams was traded to the rockets for what (laughs) sorry guys for victor oladipo (laughs) And uh, three second round picks. Bang Steven Adams hurt though. Yeah. So, sorry, sorry guys. Cody does the Rockets as well. And I'm so mad I, because I, I thought I was gonna go to bed early tonight, but it looked like a change of plans. So, Steve, you know what? Forget it. Anyways, back to locked on Texans and the Houston Texans, a team that actually know what they're doing. That's part of the reason why their rebuild has entered phase two, and the other teams still look like they stuck in phase one. But <clears throat> to pick it back, to go back to what I'm saying, then you could take a look at the Houston Texans to where in the draft it's like, okay, when is the right time to determine to draft a wide receiver? Because if you take a look at should they do within the first three picks? Should they trade up and get an additional second-round pick? Like, John, I really don't know. And it's probably because I think so highly of the pairing of Nico and Tank, I look at it from a standpoint, if they could just get better versions of Robert Woods and Carter Noah Brown, then I'm like, okay. 
I, I, I want it to be somewhere along those because, like I mentioned, guys, I am a believer in the pairing of Tank and Nico. I do believe that's wide receiver one, wide receiver one, two. But I, 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 I'm just having a hard time to say, okay, this will be the best type of wide receiver for the Houston Texans to get. But without a shadow of a doubt, they definitely have to improve that. How much should they invest in it? That should be my that should be my question. Can't live and die by those two. Now, I think this is an interesting comment before we get out of here. Eugene Gardner Jr., 1855. I say be aggressive, trade up again, and go get Georgia tight end, Brock Bowers, even if you have, have to give up next year's first. No. Hey. No? Hey. No. It, it, worked, it worked this past year. Who said it can't work again? No. Nick and Syria love willing and dealing. By the way, I will spend time this upcoming weekend to look at running backs and tight ends, but I'll tell you guys this. We've been talking about uh, – I, I know I have maybe moving on from Dolph Schultz, right? I like Theo Johnson from Penn State, so I'll just put that out there. We'll come back to it next week. Until next week, thank you all for watching the Locked On Texans podcast. Make sure that you subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube and give me a follow on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody Seal, T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, let me know what y'all think about my new background. Should I keep it? Should I go back to the original? What? But peace. <laughs>